This is Agri-Futures On Air, brought to you by Agri-Futures Australia, driving innovation in Australian agriculture. I don't mind admitting it, I'm a Kelpie tragic. My dog Curry was a great mate and it was a sad day when we had to say goodbye. But his ashes are spread on the first beach he ever saw and I swear to this day when he laid those big brown eyes on the ocean for the first time he turned to me and said that's a bloody big dam boss hello i'm chris brown today on agri-futures on air i chat with kelly barnes the victorian winner of the 2020 agri-futures rural women's award kelly along with well-known victorian dog trainer ian o'connell is designing a unique working dog course that not only focuses on improving the performance of the dog, but also improving the relationship or bond that farmers have with their dogs. Now, as you'd expect, Kelly has a couple of dogs, and that's where we started our conversation. At the moment, I've got an older dog called Dougal, so he's coming up 14 in February. He's probably the real inspiration behind my dog school. So he, I've had him since I've been here in Australia. And then I've got another younger female that's just coming up three. Um, and today while I'm recording this, I actually have my friend's dog that's over on a sleepover. So she's been <laughs> working hard all week and then she has a town visit every now and then. And she absolutely adores my older dog. So they're, they're yeah. all hanging out here having a snooze at the moment. Okay, what brand of dog are they? They're all Kelpies. The older guy, Dougal, he's a black and tan Kelpie. The bitch, she's a black and tan. And then the other old girl that's come for a visit, she's a red and tan. Yeah. I think I told you recently, Kelly, that I just lost my black and tan. He was an older dog. It was It's such a loss because they do bond to you. You bond to them and they bond to you, don't they? Yeah, absolutely. So my older dog, I've had him since I was first sort of backpacking over here in Australia. And when I came over, it took me probably six months, but I just really missed having a dog around. So I'd left my dog behind in the UK. Like he just goes everywhere with me. He's been all across the country, really up South Australia. We worked over in Western Australia. But I definitely noticed when I didn't have a dog, I just really missed having that sort of loyal companion. Like I've obviously been home back to the UK for Christmas and he stayed with a friend of mine and then she was worried when I came back that he wasn't going to sort of listen to me and he just ran straight back to me and sat next to me. So they are, yeah, they're very smart and very loyal. Like I've left him here for a year before when I've gone back to the UK and he comes straight back. So He knows you. I must comment on your lack of an English accent. I know. I don't know what's happened there. I think I've, I'm a bit of a hybrid, I think, now. <laughs> How long have you been in Australia? Coming up in November, I've had my permanent residency for nine years. Before that, I was back and forward for a couple of years. So I first came mm. over in 2007. I've sort of been permanent here since 2010. How did you end up in rural Victoria as opposed to, say, a, a capital city? I've always sort of worked in farming so I grew up on a farm in the south of England and when I came over here that's really all I sort of knew and all I wanted to do so I guess I naturally gravitated out of the cities so I guess I sort of was always looking for farm work I wasn't really on a backpacking touristy holiday I was more coming over here to work and really sort of experience 
rural Australia and that's probably what ended up keeping me here I just love the open space and I like I really love agriculture so I just really gravitated to those areas. Your attachment to your dogs must be so strong because you have come up with the idea of a dog training school, but it's a dog training school plus. It's not just a dog training school. Tell me about that. Yeah, so I guess the idea sort of originated, it sort of came together from back in 2018. I did a digital storytelling workshop with the National Centre for Farmer Health here in Hamilton. And it was about telling your story through pictures and videos and things like that. And you made a short video with narrative. So we had to look back through a lot of pictures and pick photographs and pictures of things that obviously fitted in. And when I was doing it, I was looking at pictures on my phone and all sorts of different pictures and pretty much all of them were selfies or various pictures of the dog in one way shape or form so me and me and the dog or me and any dog I find I think Um, (laughs) and it really sort of really started resonating with me that he the old guy I've got here he's sort of been my companion and my kind of rock through the whole journey moving to Australia so I sort of started looking back and thought, well, you know, he really supports me. He really helps me. He's not just a working dog. He's more than that. And now he's had a few injuries and he obviously doesn't work anymore. And then I got diagnosed with a chronic pain condition called fibromyalgia. So we've really sort of come together. We've done the hard yards. We've been out, you know, penning up sheep in 40 degrees. And now both of us are struggling with pain and slowed down a bit. And he's still there by my side. So it really got me thinking. And there's there's obviously a lot of isolation and a lot of sort of struggles with mental health in regional and rural Australia. And farmers quite often spend all day, every day on the farm on their own, which I used to do. And I thought, well, you know, the personal thing you hang out with all day, every day is your dog. And if they can really help me, then I want to try and encourage that in other people too because nearly every livestock farmer has a dog of some kind. Often they have a team of dogs. And if they can learn to sort of use them as a resource to help with their mental health as well, I think it it could be really valuable. What a noble idea. Kelly, how have you designed your course? Is it designed for both novice and experienced dogs and handlers? Um, Hopefully there's something in there for everyone. So it's sort of got three main elements, I guess. And one is to teach people skills to be able to use their dogs. So teaching them dog handling skills and stock handling skills. The other is obviously to learn how you can use your dog during tough times so taking examples from like assistance dogs and therapy dogs and using some of those concepts even if you know it might just be like the physical contact or you know having the company of your dog and then the other aspect is networking with other like-minded people so even if you're not perhaps into the the therapy dog side of things or you might not need that strong connection at the start I think connecting with other people and other people with similar interests would also fit as well so hopefully there's sort of bits and pieces and something in there for everyone I hope and I think there's such a stigma that you know your working dog's a working dog it's you know it sits outside and you don't bring it in the house you don't pat your working dog and I want to try and break down those barriers because I've definitely had dogs that have come with me like the brown and tan that's currently with me at the moment like she really blossomed and she improved and 
and she just worked amazingly when I had her and showed her affection. So I think she'd had a male owner's before and they just have a different way of doing things and she just really suited you know a female handler with a bit more affection and she will you know you see her and she'll try her absolute hardest because she just wants to please you so I think every dog's different every handler's different but if you can try and sort of encourage some of those concepts people might find that that works for them and that works for that particular dog so yeah it's sort of no one size fits all I don't think. The course itself, though, is not just straight out of your head. You're going out and you're looking for the science behind the beliefs that you have. Yeah, that's right. I'm sort of looking at a few different aspects, but looking at what they do with therapy dogs with PTSD. I think a lot of the people that come back from the army or the forces, they've been married up with a therapy dog or an assistance dog. There's definitely a lot of use with people with epilepsy, with young children, using the dogs to support them, they'll quite often sort of calm them down, people with anxiety and things like that. So, yeah, there's a lot of really good research in that area that can be incorporated across into what we're doing. Just describe for me, if you can, what you're wanting at the end of a course. Someone comes along with their dog, it's already working for that person adequately, but maybe it can be improved a little bit. What are you looking to achieve at the end of the course? Hopefully, so they would walk away with a number of skills to keep working with that dog. So obviously, there's always things we can improve, like no different to anyone else. You can always fine-tune what you're doing. But the main aim is to create a stronger bond with that dog. So quite often people will have a dog and they take it out to work and things, but they don't really have that strong connection or that bond. So, And I think once you get things working well, so once the dog's listening to you, once you're moving stock in a calm manner then everything becomes a whole lot easier and you learn to enjoy that relationship so I think really working on those low stress stock handling skills working on those dog handling skills so that you can create a much more enjoyable working environment that's probably one of the things and the other thing is connecting people with people so creating a group so the group will be around 12 participants within a 100k radius so they're quite close together and creating some networks for those people so that once the course finishes they've got a series of other people that they can go and practice with go and catch up with for coffee you know go and have a beer but get off the farm as well so yeah creating some social connections as well as creating a more low stress stock handling environment and creating that strong bond. Yeah, I can see where you're going there. Not only the bond between the person and the dog, but also the people in the course come out of it with, a, I suppose, a like mind, something that, that they can share. That's a good idea. One of the things that I learned with my dog was that he was smarter than me. And as I told you before, it only took him about three months to teach me how he wanted to work. Yeah. Is, is that what you find with dogs, that maybe we underestimate their intelligence? Absolutely. I think a lot of us don't understand how their dog's meant to work. So I think we get an idea of what we think we should be doing. And in actual fact, dogs are naturally bred and developed to gather food for us and bring it back to us. So I think a lot of people get frustrated because they want to push stock away and all the dog wants to do is bring them back. 
And then once you learn that that's the dog's natural ability, you learn where to put yourself and then you work in a lot better with the dog. And I definitely think, like, obviously, I grew up in the UK. We have a lot smaller paddocks, so we tend to cast our dogs a lot more. So we'd cast them out, they'd go and get the sheep, we'd wait at the gate and they'd bring them back. And the same on some of the high country. And a lot of people, especially down here in Western Victoria, it's more lame ways and we tend to push a lot with our dogs and I think people get really frustrated if they don't understand what the dog's actually bred to do and what they're trying to do. They've got so much more potential than we use them for sometimes. Like they're really, really clever and we're almost butting heads and we're we're fighting with them. Whereas once you understand how that dog works and every dog works differently too. There's, you know, some will do everything, some will be more paddock, some will be more yards. But once you understand how that individual dog works, then you can work in with them and really get things happening a lot better. And you probably find there's a lot of things the dog can do that you never realised it could do. Absolutely. And you described me absolutely perfectly there, (laughs) using my dog to push the sheep and suddenly discovering three months later that he actually wanted to bring them to me. So you're absolutely right. But a lot of the dogs are Besides being naturally talented and having those skills naturally, some of them are pretty good at their job and listen to instructions and would be considered well-trained. So would a well-trained dog also be suited to your course? Yeah, absolutely. It's all about connecting with the dog and creating that bond as well. So if you've got a really well-trained dog, I'm sure you can always do more. Like I'm obviously using... Ian O'Connell to help me with the initial pilot program and he's absolutely amazing and he's been training and working dogs for 25 or more years and definitely if he can't teach you another thing then I don't think anyone can but there's always something else you can learn and even if it's just about learning how to feed them or how to look after them anything like that like there's always something we can learn I think and the other thing is in like within those peer support groups and it's like it's a proven science that peer support groups work really well if you go along with a really good dog and you know what you're doing you can always help someone else too so that's the beauty of it it's all about sharing information and encouraging others too within that group. So Kelly what's your ambition with the course at the moment as you say it's in a pilot stage what would you like to see it look like eventually way beyond your local area there in Western Victoria? Yeah there's definitely a lot of mental health struggles down in the great south coast region but we are very lucky with the seasons and with the with the rainfall and things like that but I think the idea is to create a framework that this course can then be replicated in other areas. So one of the things I want to do is go up and catch up with some of the guys that struggle through the the droughts up in New South Wales. And then the idea is to create a framework and then the course can be replicated. So using different dog trainers like up in Queensland or Western Australia and running the program more widespread. So it's sort of a transferable program that can then be expanded out. Would it be a Kelly Barnes school or anyone could take your hard work and apply it to their situation? Um, That's a really good question. I probably haven't thought that far ahead. No, I think I'd be very selfish if I kept it just me. There's only one of me. There's only one of Ian. The idea is that we couldn't possibly cover the whole entire country. And if we did, I think we'd be damaging our own mental and physical health. So, the, yeah, the idea is to to have other people so sort of a train the trainer thing I guess 
similar to say the lifetime you program where people take on the facilitation of the program so I guess like it's my concept but like I can then train other people up to be able to do that and there's two different elements so obviously with the dog trainer I'm not the best dog trainer or dog handler at all whereas Ian's really skilled in that area so the dog trainer does that side of things but I think there's also an important side of it like making sure people are engaged making sure people are connecting making sure they feel comfortable and then for me incorporating some of the elements of resilience so with each session sort of having a bit of a focus on one of the elements of resilience and incorporating that and having conversations and being open sort of broaching some of those other subjects throughout the day and make doing all the behind the scenes stuff that keeps people engaged and make sure they're connecting and interacting so it's probably a two-person approach but I can definitely train other people up to be able to do that in other areas it's not going to be for everyone I don't think the course is going to be for everyone but picking people that are that way geared and that are open and I think for me like people have said to me I'm very easy to talk to I'm very open and they feel very comfortable talking to me so I guess that's the kind of traits that I'd look for in someone else that's doing that coordination side of things they need to be very approachable and very open to do that engagement. So the bursary money the ten thousand dollars that you were awarded you're using that in the development of the course and I imagine uh, it's going to cover those expenses that you mentioned earlier. Yep so some of the money is going towards obviously paying to run the physical actual dog school so some of the money is allocated to that and then some is allocated to doing some research so going up into New South Wales researching those other programs that they've had running up there and then also there's obviously the behind the scenes costs like marketing and promotion I want to get a photographer there on the day so that we can use that for promotion as well. And then the other aspect of it is employing paying for professionals. So I've got a psychologist, I'm very lucky here in Hamilton, that also does dog agility but also works with therapy dogs. So so paying for her research side of things and then some other researchers and people to help contribute to the design of the program and then people to help with the evaluation yeah will there be a charge for the course yeah there will so it will be part funded by my bursary money but I don't want to devalue it and I also want people because it's a pilot I want people to turn up and quite often I think if things are free you don't have a value people sort of flit in and out but the design of the course really depends on people coming to every session and really being invested so I do want people to pay some contribution to it it would be around the $600 mark for each participant for the whole six sessions so basically $100 a session but I'd want to make it accessible so if someone's financially struggling they need to be there the same as anyone so people who are struggling either financially or mentally is probably what it's all about anyway isn't it yeah that's right I think especially with the pilot program I want to make it really inclusive so I want a really broad range of people in the group and I think if you put a too high price on it it excludes a certain amount of people and then obviously it's not going to be a group of all men it's not going to be a group of all women it's going to be quite a mixed group and talking to Ian, he said, he said, well, it actually works better when you have 
the young and the old ones together because they bounce off each other, they teach each other different things and they've all got different skills. And I think that's the same with obviously men and women. Sometimes women have a different outlook on things or, you know, men bring something different to it. So it's going to be quite a broad range of people within the group. Kelly, it's been wonderful talking to you. It's a topic I really warm to. And I just wish you all the success in the world with your pilot and hope it goes on to bigger and better things. Thanks so much again, Kelly, for explaining your project to me and the listeners. That's okay. Thank you for having me. It's yeah, it's good to talk about it because I do get quite excited. So it'll be good to get it up and running. Kelly Barnes is the Victorian winner of the 2020 AgriFutures Rural Women's Award. Kelly made the point about how smart Kelpies are. Well, my black and tan curry used to push all the sheep through the gate, but somehow the last one always seemed to escape. Curry had to go and fetch all over again. Smart dog enjoyed his playtime. My name is Chris Brown. You've been listening to AgriFutures On Air, a weekly podcast brought to you by AgriFutures Australia. 